1: Hey, good Sunday afternoon. Welcome to Packers Total Access. I am your host, Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you've got a uh, question or a comment for the show, you can send that to packers access at gmail.com. Now, I also want to just mention that today's show is brought to you by MercyAndMe.ca. Guys, if you're looking to make a purchase for family and friends, you might be expecting a little one. Um, go check out their website. It's easy to order. You can have the uh, product shipped right to your door. Everything from blankets to burp cloths to fidgets, they got you covered. There's all kinds of cool stuff on that site. Um, they're also big, big supporters of Packernet Podcast, so let's make sure we are supporting those who support us. Now, we've got a special guest on the show today, and I'm really excited to have him on. It's uh, Jacob from Packernet Podcast. Jacob, how you doing this Sunday morning?
0: Man, I'm doing great. Clayton, are you aware that we have Packers football to talk about?
1: Dude, is it not weird? I don't know how to act. Like I'm I'm seriously, I'm I'm kind of sitting back going, is somebody somebody needs to pinch me. This is strange. (laughs) We we actually have real footballs flying in the air right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. we've been waiting for so long, and it's it's like a kid at Christmas. You know, when it's Christmas morning, you're like, it's here. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have to deal with it, man.
1: Exactly, exactly, dude. Well, I'm excited about the show today, dude, because we do still have some time to fill. You know, obviously, I did a pod yesterday where we broke down training camp news, and we're going to continue our segment here where we're scouting the upcoming opponents this season. And uh, we're going to jump right in with week seven. And I tell you, man, they, there's a couple of cupcakes in here, right? And then there's what I think is one ju- juggernaut right in the middle. And and I know some people would disagree with me on this, but the thing that depresses me about week seven through nine, Jacob, was these are all away games, right? Yeah. And I'm, I man, I don't know about you, but I just want every single game played at Lambeau Field. I don't even care about the home field advantage. I just want Lambeau as the background. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Let's jump into week seven at Washington, right? It's a one o'clock kickoff. The Washington uh, Redskins football team, commanders, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> um, they uh, their 2021 record was seven and 10. Their scoring offense was ranked 23rd with 19.7 points per game. Their scoring defense was ranked 25th. At twenty five point five points per game. Now, obviously, their head coach is still Ron Rivera, <clears throat> defensive minded coach, former defensive coordinator, uh, played for the eighty five Bears. You you know his whole story. Um, he uh, he he's uh, still the head coach there, and why I have no idea.
0: I mean, I, was gonna I don't say maybe the most overrated coach in the game right now. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and he's I don't feel like he's ever been horrible but he has never been good like it's every year it's just mediocre it's you know he wins just enough games to not have a high enough draft pick yeah, to have an impact to not get
0: fired too right
1: exactly and lose just enough games to you know miss the playoffs or at least you know <laughs> barely skate in it's just amazing to me but obviously he's the head coach um let's talk about uh, their offensive coordinator Scott Turner right he's been with um, Ron Rivera since 2018 actually, uh, you know, came over with him, and then on defense, they've got Jack Del Rio, who's been of Jack, yeah, I do too, personally. Uh, he's uh, um, been on the uh, coaching staff with Ron Rivera since 2020. Now, they were in 11 personnel on offense 75% of the time, they were in 12 personnel. of the time they were in 21 personnel, 4% of the time. Those are the the three primary personnel they stayed in. That's uh, obviously 11 personnel is the real popular one across the league. So here you've got another team that's up in in the seventies and then uh, their run to pass ratio. They ran the ball 45% of the time, only passed at 55% of the time on the surface. Are you concerned about Washington? Uh, If so, or if not, why, you know, tell me about, the uh, commanders is this is this a game uh, you know that that you think could be a trap game uh, on the road do you think they're going to improve how do you see Washington
0: yeah man I I do I actually think that the commanders or the football by the way the Washington football team can we just take a minute and that is the laziest attempt (laughs) at naming a team like a team I, I the Washington football team okay all right anyways um on paper these guys look good I don't know if you looked at their PFF grades and I was a little bit surprised when I'm, I'm sitting here looking at them. I'm like, ah, Washington, they're a junk team. They're a garbage team. Well, okay. Let's look at their offensive lines. Starting at a left tackle. 81.2, 66.7, 83.7, 68.1, 74.9. I mean, Leno jr. Is a very good left tackle. Cosme is a very good right tackle. They have decent guards and they got a great center. Um, you look at what they're doing at tight end. I mean, Thomas is going to be injured at the moment, but he, may be ready for the start of the season obviously they have terry mclaurin looking very very good and then apparently Jahan dotson a guy that i did not think was worth any of the hype in the draft he's looking great ryan touched on it how like all of the wide receiver rookies <laughs> apparently are just making people look like fools and um, even our own romeo dobbs dobbs Dobbs. Right? that's what we're doing now Dobbs. Yeah, that's what i'm and doing i don't care what anybody else is. that's what i'm apparently doing. i read something that said something that that's that's what's up so it's Dobbs. Um, you know, he's balling out. Everybody's balling out. So that being said, I mean, um, you know, it's it's Washington. So I don't quite put my faith in them. They, they've got some injuries they're working through. Apparently, Antonio Gibson, which, by the way, I think he may be a little overrated as far as fantasy people. Last year, people said Antonio Gibson. You got to watch out for this guy. He's going to be amazing. He did OK, but he wasn't anything special. J.D. McKissick, I think, uh, you know, he was a Viking at one point, I believe. He, you know, is a little bit of a sleeper as far as a fantasy pick may go because Gibson can't seem to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington, you know, going into this year, that's a weird conference, NFC East. I don't really know what to think of any of it. I mean, the Giants, I think, will still be garbage, but Dallas and Philly, Philly could be great. Dallas could be great, or Dallas could be great. I don't know for sure. You know, um, basically, if you look at their offense again sturdy o-line it's a big question mark whether or not carson wentz can really become carson wentz of old here's a real quick note this is hilarious okay so carson wentz everybody rags on this guy says he's garbage blah blah blah. he's not great but okay 2016 69.9 coming out of the gate as basically a 70 rated pff quarterback 2017 84.9 2018 79.4 2019 76.5 2020 was his worst year at a 65 flat and then 2021 last year he's a 70.9 so here's a fun fact if you remove his worst season in 2020 where he graded again as a 65.0 you have to go back to 2016 which was his rookie year to find a bears quarterback who ranked higher than carson wentz (laughs) so in 2016 hold on in 2016 only two bears were graded higher as far as quarterbacks, Mar- Matt Barkley with a 73 and Brian Hoyer with a 79.8. They played only 13 games between the two of them because Mr. Uh, Bags competitor, whatever is stupid. Jay Cutler, he got hurt. He played only five games and the five games Cutler played. He graded out as a 49.8. So I just think that's hilarious when you look back at how the bears talk about, if we only had a quarterback, I'd blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You had quarterbacks that were literally better than anybody you've had in the last like seven years, six years or whatever. And Carson Wentz, you guys would be lucky if you had Carson Wentz on your team. Anyways, that's just a little side note, but (laughs) Um, I love it, dude. <laughs> it's just stupid like you know I've, i think i've listened to ryan probably too long and it's just <laughs> it's I don't exactly even, right. <laughs> you know i don't think about when bears people start talking crap it's like you just start looking at simple math and statistics and it's just kind of common sense uh, yeah common sense so anyways um you know their defense it looks a little suspect i'm not quite sure their defensive line looks it, it's good man they're they're Anchored by some good guys with Sweat and Young and Allen. Payne, you know, looks good. Their their linebackers are pretty trash. Other um I mean, pretty trash, not not great at all. They have a couple decent corners and a decent uh safety, but you know, I I don't see much from Washington, but I could and I would not be surprised if they surprise a lot of people and maybe win 10 to 12 games somewhere but, in there.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing about Carson Wentz to me, I'm with you, man. I I looked at the PFF grades last year and all year long, everybody was slandering him because he does. He he plays reckless, but it's like this is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Like he's not bad.
0: Wasn't he a second overall draft pick or whatever it was?
1: Yeah, right. He hasn't lived up to that high. But here's the here's the issue I have. You know, he went to Indianapolis and got reunited with Frank Reich. It, yeah, that yeah. was the best version of Carson Wentz you're going to see. There's nobody who's going to convince me that he's going to go to Washington and he's going to play with uh, Ron uh, with Ron Rivera under Scott Turner. You know, like I yeah. said, Scott Turner being the office coordinator. What it, it, to to think that he is going to perform better than he did in Indy with his old you know coach Frank Reich and all the success they had early on there in his career in Philly. I say all the success. It was basically one or two years, but. Um I just don't see it happening you know I think I think his his grade will go down I think his production will go down a bit yeah. but at the same time um you never know you know I, I I think it could be a trap game because they they tend to play us uh, fairly well and Ron Rivera is one of those coaches that's rare. I feel like that he gets blown out you know he's always kind of in the ball game he's just like what we said he's he's he is what his record says he is he's just kind of mediocre you know yeah. but it's <clears throat> stuff. let's move on to Buffalo this one right here. I have it chalked up as a loss. If it was at Lambeau, I might feel a little bit different about it. But yep, this yep. is at Buffalo, Week Eight. It's a Sunday night football game. Um, in 2021, their record was 11 and six. That really surprised me when I seen what their record actually I, was. For some reason I, couldn't I was, believe that. Yeah, I was thinking they were like you know at least 12, maybe 13 wins. Yep. Yeah. Now their scoring offense was third in the league at 28.4. Their scoring defense was first in the league. With only allowing 17 points per game. And I do remember that. That secondary was really stout with wide on the outside and the, the two great safeties in the middle, obviously Micah Hyde and, and Justin Poyer, or Jordan Poyer, I think. Um, that's a pretty solid defense. But when you look at the, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, Sean McDermott's still there. Obviously, he's a defensive-minded coach. Um, he he's someone who that. It's rare that you have a defensive coach, in my opinion, step in as a head coach and and bring in the right culture. You know, you got yeah. your Rex Ryan's and, and coaches like that that came in and they they do well in the beginning because they add this this bit of flair, this bit of fire. But then all of a sudden, the culture just completely crashes. He's getting tattoos of of his quarterback on his arm. They're talking about <laughs> foot fetishes. That's defensive quarterback <laughs> head coaches to me, just personally. But Sean McDermott seems like he's cut from a little bit different cloth. I know Bill Belichick respects a hell of them. And uh, on offense, you know, the uh, offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, he was Buffalo's quarterback coach. As you guys know, um, they, uh, they lost their offensive coordinator to the New York Giants. Uh, Brian Dayball goes over there to coach now. So Ken Dorsey's going to step in as the quarterback coach. I'm not really concerned. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's going to step in as the offensive coordinator. I'm not really concerned about that because Josh Allen is a beast. I think they're going to be fine, you know, at the quarterback position and from an offensive standpoint. On defense, Leslie Frazier, the dinosaur, is still coaching somehow. <laughs> um, I it's like I remember him being in Minnesota there for that interim. I know. And it's like, this guy, I had not heard that name in forever. But when I looked it up, he's been with Buffalo since 2017 as their defensive coordinator, was recently promoted to assistant coach as well. So he's been there a while. Now, when you go back to offense, they were in 11 personnel 71% of the time, 21 personnel 10% of the time, 12 personnel 8% of the time, 10, 10 personnel 7% 7% of the time. They really like to spread the field out and let Josh Allen run the football. But as you guys know, they made a couple of key signings. If I remember correctly, I think they got O.J. Howard uh yep. tied in signing. So they're looking to, and, and I heard uh, Greg Cosell talk about this. He said, it's not that they run the ball a lot, but they want to convince the defense that they that can run willing. the ball and yeah, they're yeah. willing to run the ball. And it's just enough to add that that question in there. So their run to pass ratio last year. When you see a, a high pass rate, Um, on teams, you know, like a, you know, let's say like a a Washington or a Detroit, we're going to cover in a second. I'm not surprised because like, yeah, they were probably playing from behind a lot. Right. But this is a team that, that really, like you've seen with the offensive numbers and the defense, you know, defense they had, they, they played from ahead a lot, but they passed the ball 59% of the time and only ran it 41% of the time. So those numbers do kind of hold up with, with mm-hmm. what we talked about. So okay. tell me what you think, Jacob, about Buffalo, man, Are am I overreacting when I say, man, this just feels like an instant loss, or do you think we can go into Buffalo on Sunday night football and compete?
0: And I, I want to think we can compete. Um, first off, I, like you said, I was real surprised when I saw that they were only 11 and six and I looked below them in new England's 10 and seven. And it's like, I felt like they blew that, you know, that conference out a little more than that. But anyways, um, and then you talk about, um, their addition of OJ Howard, well, you left out, they got ball Miller as well. So yeah. that defense just got a little more just rugged, scary, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um and then their draft picks, Kair Elam, I believe they are slotting in to be their their second cornerback there. James Cook, which I I forgot that he was Dalvin's brother. Um they say that he runs not necessarily as hard, but a little more quickly, a little more shifty. They got Khalil Shakir, which I really liked as a sleeper wide receiver guy. Uh, we'll see how that goes. They also drafted a punter in the sixth round, whatever. Um, but like you said, yeah, they run a lot of eleven personnel, which most people do, most teams do nowadays. Um, when I'm looking at their PFF grades, man, I mean, everybody talks about white being so great. He's, uh, I think he's a little bit overrated in my opinion. Hyde, obviously Packer fans. We all know that, uh, we love Micah Hyde. I believe that he sustained an injury in camp. Is that, am I mistaken in that Clayton or did you,
1: I, I haven't heard,
0: um, you haven't heard that. I'm pretty sure he did. It sounds like it might be quite bad. Oh, I could wow. be wrong, but it sounds like he got carted off and people were quite worried about that. And then they got Poyer otherwise at safety. And yeah, I'm looking right here. It says, Micah Hyde, as of yesterday, I'm sorry, the 29th undisclosed went down with an apparent injury at practice. And I haven't heard any updates on that. Oh, and by the way, guys, we're going to have to basically pack it up if you're a Bills fan. Jake Coonro, he didn't practice. No, 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 I know, man. It sucks. (laughs) Jameson Crowder apparently didn't practice. Those are both due to soreness. So I'm sure that's not going to keep them out that long. Oh, here's another great one. Okay. So here's a fun fact. Guess who's the bills third string quarterback. Currently Matt Barkley, Barkley, whoever it was, the, the bears best quarterback graded out since 2016. (laughs) Guess who's the second string quarterback on the Buffalo bills case Keenum, the Vikings, Best quarterback before they wanted to kill Kirk Cousins, apparently. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's funny, man, to see how incestual like the NFL is, especially in the NFC North, which we'll see in the next segment when we're talking about the Lions. It's like guys just kind of there's no visionaries really in the NFC North. I feel like they're just picking our scraps and they paste it together like like I said last week, this Frankenstein version of the Packers, and then they sit there and talk crap about us. It's like, okay all right you keep picking off our scraps but you're still talking crap anyways um ed oliver which i know ryan likes to bash on i was very surprised when i looked at his pff grade he scored 71.8 23rd out of 109 d linemen so Hmm. he interestingly had a decent bounce back there um and we'll see how that goes but yeah man to be honest i i I don't know what to think. I'd like to think that we can win. I think they're given Buffalo points. I don't know where i put that little slot there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're given Buffalo points. I, I it's one of those games where I would be I'd accept it if we lost. If we won, it's even better. So Yeah.
1: And you know it to me. It, it comes down to matchups, right? You know, I'm trying to look at it from the coach's standpoint when you go into this game because this is a very, very important game in my opinion. It really is. I mean, this is this is going to be a great test. Are the you know the are the Packers legit? Are they a legit Super Bowl contender? We like to think they are right now, right. but when you get halfway through the season, now teams start to have you know film on you and all that, right? The great coaching staffs really separate themselves in the second half of the season. That's why falling off a cliff Kingsbury always struggles <laughs> because it's like once they get halfway through the season, everybody's got tape on you. And if your quarterback's not watching tape, right? Hint, hint. If he's not willing to study the opponent and you've got a coach that can't adjust on the fly and he's just headstrong into this is what we're going to do no matter what, rather than doing self-scouting. That's what Mike McCarthy did so well in Green Bay was his self-scouting process was top notch. He always was willing to go back and go, are we being too predictable? How can we make minor tweaks to take advantage of the fact that other teams are watching our film? and adjusting on the fly. But when you look at the matchups, we got to contain Josh Allen. Josh Allen had 122 carries for 763 yards, averaged 6.3 a pop. Yeah, Devin Singletary, their starting running back, uh, only had 870 yards, but he averaged (laughs) 4.6 yards a carry. So, I mean, Josh Allen's just one of those players. Now, here's what's cool. When we drafted Quay Walker, and when you watch Devondre Campbell move sideline to sideline, when they talk about those being the li- the quote unquote linebackers of the future, it's for stopping people like this. So, are they going to throw a spy on him? Are they going to maybe do an outside contain? How are they going to approach that? If they do outside contain looks, then obviously that's going to affect the pass rush, which is going to give him more time in the pocket to try to pick them apart. Um, Stefan Diggs, 103 catches. For 1225 yards with 10 touchdowns last year you got i mean we have the secondary to stop stefan Diggs. i have no doubt about that whatsoever well who's going to be the the secondary target that's got to be davis right it's it's got to be um i mean yeah cole beasley's gone they've got dawson knox they got
0: crowder and uh, it's got to be gabriel davis i mean the guy's getting a lot of hype a lot of hype
1: it's got to be him so what it comes down to is stopping uh you know stopping those secondary targets you take stephon diggs out of the out of the equation you make sure that you keep josh allen contained and and make him make mistakes he will make make mistakes he will mm-hmm. throw the ball to the defense but you just can't let them run all over you. So I think that's going to be one of those matchups where we come in and both teams are obviously playoff teams they are doing great, barring any crazy injuries for either team. And uh, that's going to be one of those matchups that you sit down on Sunday night football. And that post game show for Packers total access is going to be wild that night, especially if it ends up being a good game. So looking forward to that, that's one of the, uh, the marquee matchups. I've got a couple of friends up in Buffalo and they are begging me to come up and watch that game with them. But I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I got back problems already. I ain't trying to go (laughs) to a table. Ain't going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, let's move on to Detroit. But before we do, Jacob, I think here's uh, this is a good point here to take a quick commercial break. So, guys, we'll be right back. We're
2: going to pay some bills. Take a break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
1: All right, we're back. Detroit. Here here's the the mighty Lions, Jacob. Um Dan Campbell, Motor City Dan Dan Campbell. For some reason I was thinking he was a defensive-minded coach, but when I started digging into it, he has a background with coaching up tight ends. Um so <laughs> Obviously, offensive coordinator is Ben Johnson. Um, he was actually Detroit's tight end coach. That's where he came from, so he's kind of cut from the same cloth as Dan Campbell. And then so on Hawkins
0: heat- is going off this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, possibly, right? Um, defensively, Aaron Glenn is their defensive coordinator. He's been with them since 2020. Now, when you look at it from a coaching standpoint, they ran 11 personnel 63% of the time, uh, 12 personnel 15% of the time, and 21 personnel 10% of the time. So they really like to lean on that 12 personnel with those tight ends up there in Detroit. Their run-to-pass ratio was 41% run, 59% pass. And when you look at the numbers, um, they were 3-13-1 last year. Doesn't surprise me one bit. 19.1%. Um, points uh, per game on offense that was 25th best in the league and they ranked 31st in defense at 27.5 now obviously they went out and drafted hutch uh you know as a rookie there keeping him in in state i think he's going to be a solid player he was hands down my best player on the board um you know going into our draft party that night and this being a one o'clock game in detroit let's just make sure nobody gets mugged before they get out of there and um, let's hope that the Packers can come away with a win here. The good thing about this week nine matchup, Jacob, is it's not like last year where, uh, you know, obviously um, we're going to just take the starters out and just kind of take an L here and lose momentum. This should be a game right in the middle of the season where we're full steam ahead. And I think we should be able to, uh, to boat race Detroit. But is there anything to worry about here with the Detroit Lions?
0: Hmm, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you do look at the last – half of the season for them or in the last few games specifically, and they seem to perk up and I do like Dan Campbell. I know people rip on him for being such a weirdo and Ryan's talked about he's such a weird, he's given like these weird nicknames to his players and stuff. Like I, I kind of like it anyways, but um, what I don't like is that I just, the offense, if you're a Lions fan, okay. If you're a Lions fan, you have justification to be like, okay, the offense could have something here. You look at that offensive line on paper, they look all right. Decker 75.5 Jackson 69.3 They have arguably the best center in the league in my opinion in Ragnow graded out at 86.7 the last time he played. Right guard 68.4 uh, Panay Sewell's coming in and I believe his second maybe third year coming up it'll be 77 flat and then again they have Hawkinson. They've got dj shark on the end they've got obviously Amon st brown which i believe in the last six games of the season i don't have the notes in front of me but i want to say that if my memory serves me right he was the best performing receiver in the last like six games or whatever Hmm. and then they got um williams who they drafted who he could be one of those guys that's coming in late in the season or mid-season and you don't really know what to think about him he's a fast guy he's a smooth guy obviously out of alabama um you know they could put something together on offense however I don't think they're going to go anywhere if you look at the defense and man it's it's bad it's it's worse than bad it's hot trash it's I mean the linebackers both of them 35.4 Barnes at a 30.1 I mean the other cornerback is a 42.6 our warrior which I'm proud I said that correctly is a 59.0 <laughs> their slot corners a 48.3 their safeties are 65 and 63 ranked I, I don't see him being able to overcome that. I mean, like you said, Dan Campbell, in my head, I thought he was a defensive-minded guy, but he's not. And Hutchinson, as much as I think that he's going to be a good player, he's one guy. Yeah. And he's got small arms, apparently. That was his big knock on him and all this kind of stuff. We'll see what happens when he's going against real guys like Bakhtiari, hopefully, and uh, you know, other real good tackles that know how to stick their arm out and stop him from – being able to swipe or do any of the hand movements, do any of the kind of stuff that he's good at getting around the quarterbacks. And um, I, yeah, I just, I don't fear the lions, man. And and one of the guys that I thought could be very promising for them was Josh Pascal, which I believe is that a Kentucky guy? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, he looks like a freak. Honestly, when I, I was a little bit afraid when I saw that they got him, I thought he could be possibly better than Hutchinson. He's hurt. He had to have hernery, uh hernia surgery, I believe. So his is a little iffy. They have one fullback on their uh on their team and he's hurt. So it, it just made me think about like how that transition of fullbacks, you know, that used to be I remember William Henderson, obviously John Kuhn. And now it's like teams don't have fullbacks anymore, anyways. It's just kind of funny how that ends up. But mm-hmm. when I look at um the way that they drafted, you know, I don't know. Obviously, you got Hutchinson coming in, he's gonna make immediate impact, but Jameson's not. And Pascal's hurt or Pascal, whatever his name is. And then their fourth round pick Kirby Joseph, the safety right now, he's slotted in as a third string strong safety. So that's not exactly what you want for immediate, you know, talent. And then real quick, let's look at who they have on their team. Tim Boyles, their backup quarterback. Hey, Jamal Williams is their backup running back. And I did not even think to look at this, but do you know that Devin Funchess is their fourth ranked or I'm sorry, they're fourth string tight end right now in the lines? Yeah, they I
1: I had heard that they had converted him to tight end, which he's just grasping at straws now. I uh.
0: mean yeah, that there's I, a Claytonism there somewhere. He's grasping at some. Come on, give me yeah. something. <laughs> I he's can't come more to... desperate than a something. I don't know. I can't <laughs> figure it out.
1: Yeah, dude, I when it comes to the running game too, DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated running backs in the Just league. Just gonna say that. Yep. I don't. I don't think he's horrible, but people talk like he's this dynamic. I mean, yeah, he had 62 catches for 452 yards last year, um, with two touchdowns. But you know, running the football, he he barely cracked. 4 yards per carry um mm-hmm. and he split carries with Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is exactly what you expect him to be. If you need 3 yards, Jamal Williams will get you 3 yards. If you need exactly. 6 yards, Jamal Williams will get you 3 yards. That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. I love Jay Boogie, but he I mean he I think he is a serviceable, a really good change of pace backup back, but he is not a one two punch like we have in Dylan and in uh, Aaron Jones. Right. Uh, no stretch yeah. of the imagination so I don't I don't think we have anything to worry about, man. I was just kind of looking here. You know, Jameson Williams obviously uh comes into it wide receiver. I think you mentioned that uh from Bama. Um, you know, him, you know, kind of battling injuries in the past and and that type of thing. I'm not really worried about a rookie wide receiver coming he seems in. Seems too
0: frail to survive in the NFL. Yeah, I mean? mean,
1: he's six foot one, but he's only 179 pounds. I he's mean, a that stick is
0: stick figure, bro.
1: Yeah, that is tiny, dude. He's gonna get crushed in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and unless they, you know, beef them up a little bit. But like I said, Josh Paschal uh, coming out of Kentucky, 6'3", 268. Um, Kirby Joseph, pretty solid third-round pick there, I believe. I had him pretty high on my board. Fourth-rounder. Yeah. Oh, is he a fourth-rounder? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't see anything really here to worry about, especially, like I said, it being midseason. We should have plenty of momentum by then. Just got to go in there, not overlook them, and, and get the job done. So um, I think we come out of that stretch, in my opinion, um, two and one. You know, beating Washington, probably taking an L to Buffalo unless something crazy happens between now and then. Of course, you've seen the video of them fighting, right? Did you see that? Oh, training? yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tensions are a little high. All because Josh Allen got shoved at the end of a quarterback run play Right, you know, he, he looked like he ran a quarterback draw in the red zone. He's got a red jersey on. First of all, why are you running quarterback draws with a red jersey? Like this makes no sense to me. You hey. got everybody piled up in the middle trying to wedge inside the ten or wherever it was, and then he gets shoved in the back and he turns around and says, "You're not going to f and shove me. Shut up, dude. You just got the bag. Like, quit being a baby." <laughs> that's just the way I see that. I seen that video and I was like,
0: It's your teammates. You yeah, know I mean, like, what are you what are you doing?
1: And on top of that, like I said, first of all, why is the coaching staff running a quarterback draw?
0: That, and, that, that's
1: be different if it was walkthrough. If it was okay, look, here's the gap we're looking for. You lock up with him. We're just gonna kind of walk through this play. But it looked like a just an all-go play. Everybody's 100 percent and they're gonna run a quarterback draw and then get mad that someone touches them. That cracked me up, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's your uh, you know scouting of the other teams there week seven through nine. Um, we'll jump back into it next week, week ten, and uh, and kind of work our way through. And by the time we finish this, it's going to be be time for real football. I know I'm really excited mm. about the uh, the Packer uh, Packers Total Access post game show. We're working on some stuff. We're actually going to do a test today and uh, and test out a new system to where we're hoping that we can get a live feed of that show on Twitter for you guys. So as soon as, you know, the Packers game is over, you'll have an audio to listen to on Twitter before the podcast actually drops. I know I like to listen to that stuff uh, on the fly as well. But before we get out of here, Jacob, I want to talk a little camp with you, man. You know, I've been breaking down some of the tweets. Ryan's been doing the same thing, and I wanted to get your opinion on camp up to this point. I've got a quick soundbite where Preston Smith talked yesterday, and uh, I'm going to play it real quick, and then we're just going to jump into a little camp talk before we get out of here.
2: How fun is this camp compared to the past? Because I mean, these guys are talking best team ever, defense, man. You guys going to get after it.
0: Yeah, man, it's a lot of trash talk, a lot of confidence, man. You just you just feel it, and you just feel the energy in the uh, in the rooms when we go to meetings, and you know, out there at practice, guys feeling confident, guys playing real fast, guys playing at a high level, and guys playing together. We're just trying to stack our days, build off of it, and just keep moving forward. What are
2: you uh, what are your impressions of Rashawn early on this campus? He's been pretty impressive to so our eyes. What has
0: he been to your eyes? Man, he's been impressive since he's been here, man. Just to see Rashawn's growth from a rookie to now is just very impressive, man. We just seen what he did last year, man, and I called it. You know, I did call it early in the offseason. And he just keep on stacking those years. He keep coming in, working hard, man. He's grown into a leader of his own. He's grown into his own, man. He's he's getting a tremendous confidence. He's going there playing on a high level, you know, and he's being real consistent with it. What do you want to call
2: him?
1: Love it. So I, I played that because of what he mentioned about Rashawn Gary, and, and I didn't want this to be real structured, Jacob. I just wanted to kind of – sometimes I think the most honest answers you get out of people, and I know it def- definitely applies to me, is when you just ask a question and say, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And for me, when we're we're talking about training camp up to this point, we're like three, four days in, right? It's very, very early. But Gary Rashawn Gary's leadership is really shining through for me. That's one of the things that stand All out. Romeo, Romeo Dobbs is like – I'm. it's one thing to have one good day. It's another thing to have – oh, well, he had a couple – every time he's on the field, people are talking about him flashing and mossing people and winning those 50-50 balls. Like I, I played a soundbite yesterday of Randall Cobb talking about that's something you can't coach, right? Jordan Love is another one just right off firsthand. It seems like everything I'm seeing with Jordan Love Couple underthrows here and there, but for the most part, seems like he's having a good camp. It's all positive stuff coming out. Much, much different from last year, and I think it's becoming more evident why they they went ahead and let Kurt Benkert go, because you know he was a fan favorite. As much as we talk yeah. about you know, in the past, Jacob, they talk about like Cam Newton. They had to let Cam Newton go in New England because they didn't want the locker room gravitating around him. Well, it's kind of the same thing when it comes to scout team and even a backup quarterback. You got to get that guy out of there if he's not in the future plans, as much as I love Ben Kirk, but it seems like Jordan Love's really stepping into that. And from a negative standpoint, every time one of these receivers are making a freaking play, is it just me or does it seem like Stokes is the one getting burned? So that that kind of throws mm. a red flag <laughs> up on me. Every time it's, oh man, so-and-so went up over Stokes and made a play. And I'm going, holy cow, wait a minute. Stokes is supposed to be good. As much as I love this receiver talk, um, maybe they're gassing up the receiving room. I don't know. But uh, it kind of has me a little bit raising my eyebrow on Stokes. So it sounds like he's having a little bit of a, a bad camp. But on the surface, how do you what? what's the first thing that comes to mind with this camp so far?
0: And I'm just so excited. It's here, first of all. So I'm like, I'm not trying to hate on anyone or anything like that. One of the first things that struck me was listening to your podcast yesterday and listening to Quay Walker. My Lord, is there a more humble man in the world? He just sounds like if Curly Lambeau could cut a modern day player and then cut an interview, he'd say exactly what Quay Walker just said. You know, like basically they asked him like, what what are you good at he goes nothing I need to improve on everything (laughs) and they're like well what are you bad at and he's like everything I need to improve on everything like as they're telling him like you look amazing you're flashing around Devondre says you're awesome and he just says no I have to earn it like I just loved it he was robot like Terminator just don't give me any credit until I earn it type guy and again then you look at the offensive side of the ball Romeo I mean we're out though, Romeo. I I just think that (laughs) it's amazing. And I, I'm really, really, really excited for Juwan Winfrey. I know that nobody's really given this guy a lot of credit. I told you about, I don't know, a couple different times that I really do feel that this guy is going to make the team. I think he's going to be a very big contributor. And the reason for that, I I don't remember exactly. I may have said it on the podcast. I saw an interview with him and he said verbatim that that the GM or that the organization, the head office told him that they see in Winfrey what they saw in Devontae Adams. And I don't think that he would lie about that on camera. I don't think that he would literally, like that's so easily fact checkable, you know what I mean? Like I don't think that he would put himself out there and say something so stupid if he didn't have that actual backing from the front office. So that being said, I'm really interested in the offensive line moving uh, movement. Like you said, you know, we got guys that are flipping around and i really don't like the packers twitter sometimes which i i was a twitter virgin for a while because i just didn't like all the hate and now you know you see some of the guys that are these big name guys they're talking all this smack about how could you even dictate you know what the lineups look like in the first couple practices well obviously because the coaches can put them that way. you know what I'm saying? like if how do you not look at that and see some sort of indication as to what they're thinking So seeing Tom at left tackle, seeing you know Hansen at right guard, seeing all these different pieces and obviously they're playing around and they want to see where these pieces are gonna fit. and I think it's so interesting to watch that like for anybody to scoff at that, I think is I don't know they're just looking for clicks in my opinion. but um and another one is is the the third running back battle. I And so intrigued by that, you know, I love Kylan Hill. I want the guy to make the team in a way I like Patrick Taylor a lot. I really, really like the other two guys, Goodson and Baylor. Um, They just seem shifty. And to the point where people are talking about them, like nobody talks about the possible third string, you know, running back. And as a fantasy lineup kind of guy, when I'm looking at it, you think AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, And that's it. But if one of those guys were to fall off, I'm thinking like, who is going to fill that, that void. And obviously we don't want anything to happen to those two guys, but if something does happen, you have to remember like, is, are they looking for a guy that's going to be like a bruiser or looking for a more Aaron Jones type that can kind of wheel out and do some more shifty things. It's just really interesting to see what they're going to put together. And then, you know, I, I'm just excited, man. I'm so happy just to see football happening. I'm just, I'm geeking out.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. And the, the running back position, I, I've got my, my draft board back here set up. And what I've basically done is, you know, horizontally, I have all the positions listed. And then I've got the players, you know, in, in the order of depth chart that I have them map right now. And then I've got a red line of the cutoff point of how many of those players at that position, the Packers actually carried last year. And the running back is the position is the one that stands out just only carrying three running backs. Right. And, mm-hmm. You know, I've got Hill written in red because obviously the injury. I think one thing that will help him, if he's not ready for the the you know, the season opener, um, which they you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, with people that were on the sidelines at Ray Nitschke Field, they're talking like Colin Hill looks like he's hundred percent. Obviously he's not practicing. He looks
0: good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He looks like he's ready to go. But if you do have to start him on the pup list, then maybe that gives you a little bit of time with Taylor and Goodson to see what they can do. Right. And You know, and I'm with, you know, Patrick Taylor being kind of that bruiser type. And then uh, you've got Goodson that couldn't be, you know, more diametrically opposed, um, you know, as far as build. So, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things, too, that it all comes back to special teams as well. Who's going to be the, the bigger special teams contributor, in my opinion? I don't think that's Taylor, you know.
2: Of course, unless
1: he's unless he's helped gunning, you know, on uh, on kickoffs and things like that, I don't know. I, I'm not that much of a special teams guru to, to kind of pick that stuff out early in camp. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to kind of see how everything <laughs> unfolds, man. I mean – Jenkins, Elton Jenkins, is he gonna be ready for week one? I think we're we're getting more and more comfortable with Bakhtiari. It feels like he's gonna be ready
0: to go. They're just being really yeah. cautious. Did you see them both running drills and they looked they I mean, looked great, didn't Tanyan, they? Tanyan, Hill, Jenkins, Bakhtiari. I mean, they were making cuts and they weren't like little dainty cuts. You know what I mean? They were they were sending it, it looked like a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing that might kind of stick out to me is last year we carried five linebackers, right? And if you're looking to, you know, to to carry one extra In, player at another position, inside maybe linebackers, you're saying? Yeah, inside linebackers. Maybe they only carry four this year, you
0: know? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know, because I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, if I had to pick between Summers some,
0: gets cut, you yeah, think? That's
1: what, that's what it looks like, yeah. Um, now, right oh, now, Ty, I
0: Ty's the only guy that responds to me on Instagram. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ty, put it together, man. We need you. Come already. on,
0: man. he caused a fumble
1: like day one i think on the yeah well i'll tell you this you're gonna get the best version of Ty because there's so much competition that you know he he knows he's he's really got to step up and and i want to like the guy i want him to make the roster but at the same time man um when you look at it this this
0: team's pretty
1: freaking loaded man if quay walker
0: ends up it's really fun to watch like i yeah we're we're busting out of most positionals you know we're And
1: Heflin, I think Heflin's probably gone this year. You know, Ford, mm-hmm. I think I think you you take Ford over Heflin just for the body size the and size. the fact that you've got that four-year contract on pretty much a minimum deal, you know, as far as salary yep. cap hit. And that stuff's kind of looming large over the next few years as far as salary cap is concerned, which I'm still amazed at how people are reporting these contracts, man. I mean, like the other day, who was it? It was, it was someone that got extended – Oh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray gets extended and they're reporting the contract, the total contract. And it's, you know, that's that's the way in my opinion that's how it should be reported. Aaron Rodgers, they still refer to him being the most expensive quarterback and they're saying, "Yeah, 50 million a year." It's not 50 million a year. The 3-year extension aspect was 50 million per year, but the overall contract is not 50 million. I, it broke blo- right mind dude and and again we don't know the ramifications of if, if he retires within the next three years it's just people putting nuggets out there saying if he does retire you know Which, after, after this year then it's minimal you know uh minimal hit for the, for the for the Packers moving forward no one has the answers and when you ask those questions all of the doom and gloom experts go completely silent it amazes me
0: well, and it's funny, too, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers having more fun at camp than it seems. Have you seen that clip of him and Bakhtiari in their little go-go Bro, wagon just not, jamming out? Like... It's, it's not one <laughs> clip either. It's like, oh, no, there's a ton of them. People are randomly finding them
1: parked somewhere, dancing in a, in a parking structure. Yeah, they're not
0: or... doing it for cameras. They're doing it because they're having fun.
1: Exactly. I think he's got a
0: few years left
1: in him. I think he, I do too. I I think at least two, maybe three years. And when it comes to the third year, if he decides to keep on playing until he's 135, like Tom Brady, then they'll do some kind of restructure of the contract. That's what it feels like to me. And those are the questions that people can't answer. You know, I I don't want to name drop, but I I, sometimes I scroll Twitter and I go, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. And you try to put out just enough information to pretend like you're smart. And then when the, Mm -hmm. the tough questions are asked, you go completely blank. It cracks me up. So Rogers is having fun. You know, another thing that was mentioned, I think it was. Ryan mentioned it. Maybe you mentioned it on the Packers After Dark um, uh, it, with a question. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about how they're no longer at Saint Norbert. You know, they they're letting the veterans go home and sleep in their own bed. And uh, I think that was Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Lafleur said, you know, hey, if you I told screw them, up,
0: if you screw like you'll up, be back, back in a hotel or a dorm or whatever. Yeah,
1: right. But the the you can just tell the vibe with the players is everybody is having a freaking blast. Jair Alexander out there on the field pumping the crowd up. Did you see that yeah. video? Oh yeah. Yeah. With that straight in my veins, that tire <laughs> is a spark plug. Love that dude. So anyway, anything else you want to add to the camp talk before we get out of here?
0: Man, I don't do you, uh you know what I should do. We should plug the uh, Packers after dark phone number, which is if you guys ever want to call in the pack daddy's doing a, uh, I think it's a nightly show, depending on the call volume, any questions you got, like we said, obviously Packer related or, still off season, so we're still talking food every now and then, stupid stuff like that. <laughs> I want to get over that. I'm sick of that. So let's just talk football. So it's 608-501-0718. Again, 608-501-0718. It'll just quickly, you'll get like a quick message from Pack Daddy and then it whoop, goes to it. So get ready because it, it comes at you fast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hilarious you said that about talking football because the show will have me cracking up dude with the oh, car, yeah i'm calling in oh my god what it's gold tom. all of a sudden
0: how does tom, tom have a job he's, he's
1: always calling <laughs> <laughs> and then jacob pops on all of a sudden right and it's how do you feel about our defensive front? I mean, do you think? <laughs> I'm like, like Jacob's serious. always bringing it back to football, and I love it, man. <laughs> trying, but you know that's the beauty of that show, right? Is is it's an opportunity for people to call in and talk about whatever they want to talk about. And I, I told Ryan the other day, I said, man, it's become my favorite listen. It I, ha- I, I'm not trying to dog, you know, Packernet podcast at all. I love it. It's it's something that's been it's always going to be on my my app, my media player. Mm-hmm. But man, when I log on, I go, "Oh crap! There's a new Packers after dark." Yeah, yeah put that in yeah. the in the cycle here. You know what's
0: really incredible, and what's a testament to the guys we work with, is that I went from you know I listen to maybe ten to twelve podcasts a day. Just I've always been that way. Um, I want to consume as much information as I can. And now my main playlist is you, Ryan, JJ, Sam, the Packers draft. You know what I mean? Like it's so cool that half of my day is filled with people I work with and. I think we sell ourselves like I don't even realize the amount of fan base we have. So thank you guys so much. Cause I mean, spanning across like 60 countries, I mean, it's yeah. pretty awe-inspiring and incredible to think of what we have built here. And obviously that's a testament to Ryan and, and to those guys and just Absolutely. pumped to be able to talk football and that you guys care. So.
1: Yeah. And what's cool is <clears throat> we've got another interview tomorrow um, with uh Irish Packers, uh, Twitter oh, yeah. account. they've got their own yeah, pocket yeah. and do they talk X's and O's? They talk Pat Kerwin's take your eye off the ball. They're, they're right down my alley. Uh, obviously me being a redneck Irishman from Kentucky, you know, my, my family came and settled in, uh, in Southeastern Kentucky, but we were uh, all Scottish Irish and all that, but
0: country potatoes.
1: Yeah. Oh, dude, you can <laughs> say it right. Taters, bro. But I, I watched a <laughs> special one time and, uh, and they actually talked about the redneck accent, that that Appalachian accent, and how it it developed from the Irish and Scottish immigrants and their accent, how it morphed into what it is. So that was really, really cool. I, I did not see that coming at all. But you were talking about the Packernet podcast, you know, family and and all the shows we got, and I couldn't agree more, man. It's it's what my playlist consists of now, and that was the goal was to give everybody the angle they want on what kind of podcast content they like um, right here within the Packernet podcast, you know, uh, family. And, you know, Jacob hasn't mentioned it yet, but I'm going to do a small plug, just a lot promotion here, but he has his very own podcast that's going to be dropping soon. And I know this isn't my cup of tea. I'm just going to be 100% up front and honest, but I know how popular fantasy football is. So Jacob is going to head up the Packernet podcast fantasy football show and i don't know if that's going to be the exact name i haven't talked to you guys but dude i am excited for you man you deserve it you're going to be entertaining i know you're going to bring information dude you you stretch me every time we do a pod together trying to come up with facts and little details and statistics i love it dude we're kind of cut from the same cloth there but anything you want to say about that i know it's early i know it's early and i kind of put you on the spot here but uh tell them a little bit about what you see that kind of turning into
0: Well, yeah, and it's not a guarantee, but I got a couple of buddies of mine, Justin, who works with the Packer Podcast, the guy that does graphics, which, by the way, could not be a better guy. Um, When I got on the scene doing Instagram and stuff, I didn't even know Justin was working for us. So I started dabbling with graphics and all of a sudden, you know, this guy, he starts giving me like pointers like, hey, this is, you know, like, other than being like, this is my territory. He's like, here's how you can be better. And this is what I do. This is just a great guy. And then we got another guy, Tony, a buddy of mine, one of my best friends that I've been friends with for the last 15 years was at his house watching the Packers win the Super Bowl against the Steelers. I mean, diehard Packer fan, the guy's got a horseshoe lodged up his butt. He's the best gambler I've ever met my whole life. So we're <laughs> kind of going to look at that verse, you know, put that towards the fantasy fantasy perspective. Um, and we're going to be, you know, breaking down just the ins and outs starts and sits, uh, you know, just, draft strategy before you know the season actually starts there's so many different options you can do best ball standard scoring ppr half ppr dynasty leagues all that kind of stuff so the content is endless basically we're just going to break down the nfl from week to week see what it looks like for upcoming matchups if that sounds like something you guys are into we're definitely going to try and and get it done it probably just be maybe once a week kind of thing we're going to try to maybe do two if we have to deal with certain like waiver wire type stuff, but yeah, it's all in fun. We're not experts. We're not trying to take ourselves too seriously. It's going to be, we're going to have one of our buddies come on who tracks his bets for the last like three, four years. Guy named Paul, he's a Vikings fan and he sucks. So basically (laughs) whatever he puts on, we're going to put it up a spreadsheet, whatever Paul bets. If you bet the opposite, you're, pretty much likely to win so (laughs)
1: dude that is that's that's kind of what we're thinking of doing so i gotta tune into that that's that's some inside information (laughs) yeah yeah. i love it dude love it all right well we're gonna get out of here and as we do we just want to do a quick plug Uh, monday night football giveaway guys Um, we're giving away one indoor club seat to the packers rams december 19th matchup at lambeau field um, it's going to be indoors, five hundred dollars in value, right on the front row. Um, you got plenty of leg room. You got a ledge to put your drink on. You're um, you're, you're at a cold weather game at Lambeau, sixty seven degrees inside. The cleanest bathrooms in the freaking place, right behind you. Concessions everywhere. Um, you, Jacob, you're going to learn real quick because Jacob's going to be there with us, um, and uh, you're going to learn real quick, bro. I go from cold beer to cheese curds to Reese's Pieces, back to cheese curds to a brat, back to the cold beer, back to the Reese's Pieces, dude. When I'm watching football, I'm cutting weight right now, right? I'm getting ready for that trip to Lambo because I'm going to eat my freaking face off that whole week. <laughs> Best food in the country up there in Wisconsin. So if you guys want to uh, have a shot at winning that ticket to come up there and hang out with us, All you got to do is go to my Twitter account at Packers underscore access. There's a tweet that's pinned at the top of the page. All you got to do is follow that account and retweet that tweet. And that will enter you into the contest. And we're going to be giving that away here within the next week or two. And we're really excited about announcing who the winner is. Uh, We're just going to do a randomizer. Like I said, we had some people that contributed to a GoFundMe. That aspect is, has now gone. Um, So, uh, you know, you you have some people with multiple entries. Uh, they just absolutely blew our mind helping Drew get his uh, seizure service dog goal hit there, and uh, it's going to be fun. And we're going to get to hang out and watch the football with a with a, a, a listener, Jacob. It's going to be uh going to be a good time. So. With that being said, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. We really appreciate it. You could be doing anything and you're choosing to hang out with these uh, these two knuckleheads, Mr. Beard and Mr. Redneck. <laughs> we don't take it lightly. So, as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go. Third down, to go. The leader, 17 to 14,
0: Cowboys out in front.
1: Say it with me, Jacob. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That was fun.